What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is the story of America's bloodiest prison, told by the people who lived it, both inside and outside its gates. The brutal history as you never heard it before, from its origin as a slave plantation to its gradual growth as the bloodiest maximum security prison in America. To those outside its gates, it's known as Louisiana State Penitentiary at Angola. But to those who have spent time inside its gates, it's known as Bloody Angola. Come with us as we take you through the gates and give you a first-hand look at not only the stories of the stabbings, rapes, executions, escapes, and murders you won't find on any TV show or the internet, but also the murders, abductions, attacks, and hostage situations of the staff and their families, otherwise known by the convicts as free people. Bloody Angola is a comprehensive, no hold barred podcast that takes you on a journey through time from its inception as a slave plantation to America's largest maximum security prison, where 80% of its population will die inside the wire. Get mentally prepared, sit back, and listen. As we cover these stories in detail, in ways that you've never heard before, 
from people that lived it, breathed it, and died with it. Bloody Angola. Warning, Bloody Angola is a podcast covering actual events and is intended for mature audiences. The subject matter discussed in no way reflects the personal opinions of the host or sponsors of this podcast. Thank you. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of Bloody Angola, a podcast 142 years in the making. The complete story of America's bloodiest prison. And I'm Jim Chapman. And I'm Woody Overton. And y'all, first, before we get into what is going to be a, what will we call it, Woody? A fire episode? Yeah, before we get into this fire that we're starting today, uh, we just want to make a quick announcement on Bloody Angola Live, which I'm sure a lot of you have seen or heard about. We sold out the first night, which is January 14th. Stole it your way. Sold out. Sold out real quick. So we opened up another night, as we announced, which yeah, was Friday the 13th, oddly right, enough. Right. Yep. And, and the deal was, I guess people didn't think it was going to sell out so fast. And it sold out. Then we had an overwhelming response to do another night. So... Uh, Miss Hardison and Southeastern were gracious enough to permit us to do another night. The tickets are on sale uh, for Friday the 13th. And going fast. It's, y'all, it's a VIP. The whole thing is a VIP experience. It's only 150 seats, and we'll be in your face for the podcast. We're not going to be sitting behind a desk with the microphones. We're going to be in your face telling you a story. If, it, if you're not crying by the time you leave or in shock, then you must be dead. <laughs> you could put it any better than that, Woody Everton. Uh, 100% accurate. We're going to have some special guests there, uh, and we may or may not announce those as it gets closer. Right. We're still discussing that, but trust me, you're going to want to meet them. They're, right. they're really cool folks, and some of them you probably are already aware of. Right. So just and, wanted to drop that and information. And again, 18 or older because of the content it's going to be true bloody angola uh, also you know there'll be some alcohol sales and food sales and things like that and everybody that's there oh we're gonna have some door prizes too i'm not, not gonna tell you what the categories are we don't want anybody cheating but <laughs> the the you know each person that is there we're gonna stay after the show and and take photographs and and sign autographs with everybody and Hey, where are you from? Take a minute with you, et cetera, so we get to meet y'all face-to-face, which I'm very excited about. Yeah, yeah, super pumped up. VIP experience, y'all. VIP experience, and you can get those tickets. Just go on the social media for Bloody Angola. Real Life Real Crime shares everything that Bloody Angola does, of course. You can go there, uh, and you can click on the link, and that'll bring you to the tickets. And guess what, folks? You can now purchase more than one ticket at a time. Hey, Southeastern <laughs> fix it. Thank you, Crystal. Thank you so much, Crystal. I know I drove you nuts on that, but uh, but hey, we're we're blazing new trails for yeah, colleges, I guess, when it comes to multiple ticket purchases. Yeah, that's all right. That's love. <laughs> but get them. Hey, it's Christmas time and, and all that good stuff. Uh, this show is going to be on January thirteenth, Friday the thirteenth. Doors open around six. We're going to 
put on a hell of a show for you, and we're going to stay until everybody, we get to meet and greet with everybody. Right? Yes. And it's adult time, and then I promise you it's worth the price of admission. 100%. Right? So, so Look that, for that. That being said, we're going to get into today's episode of Bloody Angola, which is actually going to conclude season can you believe season, season two? Season two. And y'all y'all are killing it. And I want to thank each and every one of you for liking and sharing. Please continue to do so and help us grow. Chase team members, we love you. Couldn't do the show without you. Y'all, if you want to be a Chase team member, uh, go join up. You get commercial-free early releases and all the locked-up bonus episodes. And it's funny we're talking about Chase team members because the Chase team is actually the – the tracking team that apprehends convicts when they escape, and what do they use? They use the dogs. The dogs. Bring the dogs. Today's episode is titled Wolf Dogs. Yes, and I know a bunch of you just parked up right there because we get messages all the time uh, of people asking, hey, let's do an episode on the wolf dogs. And look, I'm going to tell you all right now, my two favorite animals in the entire world are the wolf and the eagle. And the reason for that is neither one have a natural predator. They are at the top of the food chain. They are the alphas of animals, except for man. Man is a natural predator, I guess. But uh, but just very appealing animals, wolves being one of the smartest animals on the face of the earth. What about the um, the... Is it a rumor or the truth that they're monogamous? They're, that's the truth. They I are monogamous. How they figure that out? I, I, I guess they would have to follow one around his whole life or something gotta, and see gotta, how many see gotta, how many people he's growing. Got to track on Peter. Yeah, track on his pecker. Yeah, but it, what that is an amazing fact that wolves uh, by nature are monogamous. Once they mate with a alpha female. The alpha male mates with the alpha female, and we'll get into a little bit of that later. But uh, that is it. They don't get another girlfriend yeah. or whatever. That's crazy. Right? Wolf wife. Wolf life. Yeah. yeah. So uh, so we're going to tell you some interesting stories. And, and when we dug into this, one thing that Angola is not maybe as well known for uh, in the outside world, but very well known in the inside of prisons is their really their dog history in general. Right. They have one of the best kennel programs, if not the best in the country. Well, they also have 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year to work with their dogs. That's right. And they, and they got the free labor. <laughs> that's, a, uh, that's a great point. You know, the If you're a convict and you're down for life or multiple life sentences and you could get to graduate, look, you don't you start out in the field at Angola swinging a hoe, right? That, uh, that, that probably sounds like a bad Saturday <laughs> night time. So you start out in the field working with a – that sounds even worse. You start out in the field doing farming, all right, yeah. for your first 10 years or whatever. You're working your ass off in the labor. To get to be, to work with the dogs is like the one of the highest positions you can get as a, as a trustee or a convict. Interesting. And Angola has several breeds of dog on its property. Right. Uh, been around since the inception of the prison. Originally, they were used for tracking, but now they use everything. They use those dogs for everything from narcotic searches to service dogs to intimidation and protection. Well, let me give you a couple of examples. The um, 
the bloodhounds everybody knows about. You see it in the movies of hoo, 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 dogs yeah. chasing, chasing a guy and the inmates running through the, the convicts running through the swamp and all that. But the bloodhounds get tired as fuck really quick, and that's the truth. Yeah. Uh, uh, and so they can only go so far and then have to swap them out, et cetera. But like the Belgian uh, Mal- Malinois, which is what the Livingston Parish Sheriff's Office use, they're a multi-purpose dog. They they're trained from everything from attack. Like I, they have trials. It's a big deal. The um, the the canine competition is what it's called. And if they're they're trained, first of all, they're trained in a foreign language. So. Uh, um, I'm not going to even say. So someone can't give them a command right, in right. English so and get can, them off. You of give them. the command attack that in, yeah. in that language, and they do be screaming, "Get off, motherfucker! Get off!" <laughs> and then they're not doing it. Meat's flying right until a handler calls them off. But also, if the officer goes down, you, I've seen this. They do this in the competitions. They have two bad guys on either side. The officer goes down. And like he's out, and a bad guy approaches from the side. That dog attacks that guy. The guy can run up from the side. He turns and attacks that guy. I mean, it's very protective. Wow. Very, very smart dogs are used for narcotics and everything else. And then you know, labs uh, are used for a, a multitude of reasons, mostly narcotics. So one of the best duck hunting dogs. Yeah, in yeah, history. yeah, yeah. One of the best retrievers too. Mm. But very good nose. But the most famous one now at Angola is the wolf. They didn't have these when I was there. This shit blows my mind. And they actually have competitions, as Woody just kind of made mention to, uh, where these officers go out and these handlers, and and, uh, they really showcase these dogs. They do, like, drug dog uh, training tactic competitions and stuff and, and all of that. So through all of this, Angola has gained a reputation, and originally we were just going to talk about the wolf dogs, but they've got so many impressive dogs over here that when we dug into it, we're like, we just got to yeah. tell them the whole history. So right. how many dogs are at Angola, Woody? Should uh, I think it's over 80 right yeah. now. 80 dogs, y'all. And that's from everything from narcotics to uh, apprehension. Uh, oh, let's talk about. If you're in your cell and you're having a bad day, like the working cell block in the rule book, you're on your first day and you get your high court write up and you know you got to do another 90 days before you go to the board and then you got to do another 90 days automatically. So they flood their cells and they buck up, racking down and strip down. They're ready to fight. Well, shit. They bring in the mountain wall and, and they're like, We're gonna open the door, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, you're gonna fight, but you're gonna get this dog first, right? But uh, over 80, 80 dogs currently in Angola, um, either on active duty or used for training. And they patrol the prison's borders, and, uh, search for narcotics, and search for escapees, and can provide support for elderly and infirm convicts, which is, is a big deal because, um, if they're doing that, whether it's it's a blind, you know, somebody's gone blind or helping them get around or whatever, that's that's someone you don't have to pay to do it, or it's not another convict that you have to watch, pay somebody to watch help another elderly convict. Right, and it takes time to train these dogs. Now you don't just get a dog in there and you get a, you know, like the old days of potty training a dog or whatever, you get a dog biscuit and give it to them. And, and all of a sudden they can smell everything from cocaine to 
you know, right. marijuana. You, it takes generally six to eight weeks of daily sessions. So right. that's 60 sessions in all before they can be certified just right. in the narcotics aspect. So, so most sheriff's office, like when the um, Livingston uses the Belgian Malinois, they actually get them from a, a, a breeder down in Gaydon, who Louisiana, who trains them up to that certain point. Then the handler that's going to be take, using this dog, the officer that's going to be using this dog or deputy, has to go down there and spend several weeks training with the dog to get the completion. And then they bring the dog home with them. They live with them. Yeah. And so, but in Angola, you got to have somebody who is who can is trained in the certification of the narcotic searches, et cetera. And that's a big deal. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yeah. They, I mean, they charge like $15,000 for these dogs coming out of uh, uh, Gaydon. And, and I, get, I can only imagine the amount of money that the, these 80 dogs are worth at Angola. Right. And, and you know, you wouldn't. they take it very serious. Yeah. And so less than half the dogs actually qualify after this training. Right, right, you know, they right. just don't don't pass uh, the, the must. Well, the you muscle. know why? It's it's if you pass one just to fucking pass them and say you have a higher pass rate, we'll, we'll get, what happens if sugar turns to shit and this dog is supposed to be a lifesaver and it's a fucking flunky. Yeah. Right? So they don't they take it very serious. And that's why they cut out and weed out the ones that don't cut the mustard. Right, and these narcotics dogs, once they get trained up and they're they're actually certified in narcotics, uh, they're used during shakedowns mainly, right. and, and shakedowns occur when an entire dormitory is vacated and searched. Right. Uh, but, you know, they also can check cars on the property, people that are coming in and out of Angola. They do it all day, every day. All day, every day. And believe it or not, during the Angola Rodeo, you'll see these dogs walking around. It ain't it ain't to show them off, is it? No, no it's not. But the, the it also works as not only can they detect the narcotics, it serves as an actual visual deterrent to people bringing it in. Like, hmm, I was thinking about uh let me go put this I'm, weed back in the car. Some, I, was, I, I think I was, I was thinking about bringing some smack up my crack to get, <laughs> give my cousin Billy, who's doing life for right. whatever, right? But and then I'm like, mm, I don't want that dog to get me. Or you know, if you've ever been in the airport and you walk past a dog that's sitting there, you're like, holy shit, I'm glad I don't have anything on me. Not that's that right. I, not that I ever did. But, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Gola also trains dogs to be used as service dogs uh, for veterans. It's a big deal now. Huge. And and there's actually a program. It's called Prisoners Assisting Warrior Services Program. And the acronym for that is PAWS. And it consists of 23 inmate dog trainers and 14 dogs. These dogs train for as long as a year. They master 30 commands and seven help tasks. They're with their trainers 24-7, and the certification rate for these dogs is around 75%. That's truly amazing, and I think that um, this is one of those, I I won't call it a feel-good thing, because my brother from another mother, Shane McBride, is is a a, um, 
disabled veteran, if you will, and the PTSD is, is a very real thing. And he has yeah. two dogs, and they like can calm him like nothing. Yeah, it, it, it just like that. But they could they could feel him, and and but they're trained, right? And, and they can feel him when he's having those moments, and they get right on him. It is a real thing, and the great thing about this is most of the dogs used in the service program actually came from no-kill shelters. Uh, they have one created on the grounds of Dixon Correctional Center that well, was formed after. Grounds. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Woody knows a lot about DCI. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, after Hurricane Katrina, one of the issues, y'all, with uh, with think about all the pets in New Orleans Shit, that yeah. they had to evacuate. They, they, uh that they tried to yeah, or tried then, to and then had to rescue. Right. Right. So they had to have a place to house these pets. They chose DCI and uh, Dixon Correctional. Mm-hmm. Uh, they housed them there. And Angola, of course, knew about this. They got in touch with them and they said, hey, we want to take these dogs in our own claim that are housed here. And rather than killing them, right. let's see if we can train them to be service dogs. Right. Great idea. Uh, PTSD, y'all, is very, very common among combat veterans. Absolutely. Uh, It's something that is, I can't think almost of of any better program than something to serve veterans. Well, look, the the guys like Shane that that had the PTSD, they didn't choose to get PTSD. They were in service of our country, and fucked up shit happened. Yeah. and, 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 uh, And they got it. Right, so I believe uh, no veteran should be homeless, and I believe no veteran should go without medical, proper medical care. And I, my heart goes out to the uh, ones with PTSD. Absolutely, and the trainers now they can spot almost immediately when they're training these PTSD dogs if the dog is confident enough to be a service dog. And I'm going to give y'all a technique that they use, and they pick this dog up, they cradle it upside down. Y'all picture this like a baby. If the dog wags its tail, it's a sign that the dog's confident and trusting, and they know, hey, we can probably train this dog. If it tucks its tail between its legs, it may be too anxious for training. Right. That's sharp. That's uh, super, super interesting. 100%. And you know, we've all heard the term, he tucked his tail between his legs and ran. Right, right. Well, that's a big sign of, of a lack of confidence. And that's what it came from, dogs. Right. That's super, super cool. Um, and, you know, and the, the dogs are also used for group therapy within the prison. And those trainers are also inmate trainers. Um, many of the inmate trainers t- take online veterinary certification courses in the hopes that when they're released, they can assimilate into a job related to dogs in the free world. And let's talk about that for a second before we go any further, I, because that's an important point. Uh, I believe it was Kelly Jennings brought this up in a previous episode that you have to give these guys some sort of, of light at the end of the tunnel. Hope. Hope. Yeah. Because too often, too often uh, people say, well, why should we pay to have these guys take veterinary certification courses. Well, if you don't give people hope, you have anarchy in there. Yeah, yeah. Well, not only in there, but most of them are going to die in Angola over 80%, right? But if you if they get the fuck out and they've been down for 40 years and they don't know anything else, you know what I'm saying? If they, they, if, if you, they only if know robbing. Right, robbing and killing, and guess what they're going to do? They're going to rob and kill, and they're going to be institutionalized and swing back in. The hope part comes in, hey, you know what? I got my veterinary assistant certificate. I know I can get a job. 
working with animals and hopefully be a productive member of society. That's right. And, and, uh, so an, another great program that they do with those dogs and, and group therapy is an important thing for, uh, a lot of these guys in prison that are, are, ha- are struggling with, I guess, the realization that they're there. So right. going to die there more than likely. Now I'm going to give you all an interesting little side note to, uh, these dogs in Angola. So many of the listeners may be familiar with the song old red by Blake Shelton. The video for the song and the star appearance in that video was a bloodhound who at Angola's real name was Duke. Okay. Duke was the bloodhound in, uh, that video. And he's since passed away, but there's a marked grave at Angola on the prison property. And it is included in the tour and is actually where they buried Duke, who was the star of the video all red by Blake Shelton. So love. centered completely around him. Love, love, love. And, um, chase team members, uh, the state team. Cause in Sometime in the next month or so, we'll have pictures of all these all these things and put up yes. all for your view and pleasure. Absolutely. Uh, let's talk about wolf dogs, Woody. All right. So, you know, like you said, the wolf is an amazing animal, right? And I don't know why they called me the wolf on the street. I get uh, you I can know sniff it out. <laughs> when they said I was always down there hunting somebody, right? But how do uh, the wolves come to get to Angola and why? Well, to understand it. It's important, I think, that you know a little bit about the wool. So we're going to first take – we're going to play a clip from Joe Rogan, who does a great job of breaking down what makes a wolf one of the most unique animals in existence. Here's a clip. Fascinated by wolves. I think uh, that wolves, to me, are probably the most interesting animal in the wild. Canids, man. Wild dogs of all kind are unbelievable. They're so – at the top of their respective food chain. Yeah, we have uh, a lot of coyotes around here, and yeah. basically they're little wolves, mm-hmm. uh, the little sneaky wolves. But uh, real wolves, like wolves in Yellowstone, and mm-hmm. you know, wolves in the northwest yeah. area of the United States, those they have got to be some of the most majestic animals. Oh, because they're fantastic. They 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 operate together. Yeah, always yep. as these packs. Yep. You know, so there's some sort of weird kind of communication and. And what's amazing is, like, the social dynamic, like, within the pack, you know, the hierarchy, and then on a hunt, like, you go left, I go right, but without yeah. any verbal communication. Right, right. And, and then coming together and making a kill. I mean, it, it's mind-blowing stuff. Weird, like, what will accept people dying from? Like, uh, I was listening to this podcast where uh, this wolf lady, she's a wolf biologist. She was talking to my oh. friend Steve Ranella on the Meat Eater podcast, mm-hmm. and th- she was talking about how... We accept people getting killed by mountain lions. Yeah. Like, it's, it happens. It happened mm-hmm. twice last year. Right. It happens. It's not, it's not really common, but it happens. But the moment that people start getting killed by wolves in America, people are going to get furious. Really? Yeah, because they reintroduced mo- wolves oh, in that's 1994. Right. That's right. These people, they, they reintroduced these animals in 1994, but there were already some wolves here. Yeah. And the wolves would have probably eventually made it down there. It's in Yellowstone, right? Yeah. 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 But that we aren't, because the fact that they brought them in and it wasn't just a natural fixture, we have this thing like, oh, somebody ruined this. Somebody fucked this up. Yeah. The other thing is that they number them instead of name them. Mm -hmm. Because if you name them, it's like, (laughs) there's Dolores. Oh, Dolores killed some sheep. We're going to have to take her out. No, we can't kill Dolores. Not Dolores. 
Yeah, been number three, Wolf 157. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It's like inmates in prison. You just give them numbers. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So it's easier to kill them. Easier to treat them like cattle. Right. I was going to ask if you saw this thing going around the internet about this uh, wolf pack being tracked. Or there's actually six of them. It's like a moving gif over time, but... Um, oh, yeah, I have seen this. It's amazing. It shows how they never cross territories. Yeah. Oh, cool. Six different packs, I would think. Yeah. They all establish their territory. They mark their territory. And, and, they, and they, respect they all it. respect it. Yeah. It's like over Minnesota. I think. Yeah. Minnesota has a shitload of wolves, apparently. <laughs> Wisconsin has a shitload of wolves, apparently. Like thousands. That's Wisconsin, no idea. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. I mean, it's a lot of, you know woods up there and just yeah. land not not many major cities i think i saw Milwaukee. a wolf once i think i saw a wolf once but it was you really, mean like in the wild yeah it was big it was, a, it was either a coyote or it was a wolf but i think it might have been a wolf because it was uh just getting dusk and i was in uh alberta and i saw this thing run across the road i was like that might have been a wolf yeah but I've if you see a one. wolf that's the spooky thing is what are they doing they circling you yeah. They're checking you out. <laughs> and they're not usually alone, right? No. That, this is a lone wolf, but that's rare. Russia's had real legitimate problems with wolves. Where in Siberia, they have these super packs. Uh -huh. They would get together, like, because they were starving. So they'd get, like, 100 wolves who would form a super pack. Because they could kind of do whatever the fuck they wanted once they got that big. Yeah. And they started killing horses. Yeah. Going to horse stables. Just yeah, a bunch of wolves take down a horse easy. Yeah, but it's just the idea that the super PACs, uh -huh. they, they realized it was too hard to to just take over shit right. with all these pesky people and their guns and houses. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so they got desperate. take your fucking horses now. All right, so you, want, you may wonder what exactly a wolf dog is. Well, a wolf dog is a crossbreed typically with 50% bloodline between a full-blooded wolf and typically a German shepherd. Because wolves and domesticated dogs share almost identical DNA chains, and you can breed them successfully. Yeah, so... I, I, I didn't know that. Some animals, when you breed them, and Woody has a lot of breeding experience. Right. I do not. Right. But I would imagine, Woody, you can't Wait, just breed a chicken and a... That's breeding a dog, dog. No. <laughs> <laughs> this is my rooster dog. <laughs> I mean, not gonna walk, baby. Yeah, no, but I have uh, bred and raised uh, golden retrievers, and now we, we breed and raise English Springer Spaniels. Some of the most beautiful in the world. Yeah. The Wolf Dog Program. How did it come in existence? You might wonder. Well, it was started in 2002 by Warden Burl Kane, and y'all, this was strictly in response to budget cuts. Y'all know when prisons, every year, prison budgets get looked at, and the last thing us as citizens want to do is spend a bunch of money on people in jail, right? right. Warden Kane had an issue. They cut the hell out of the budget at Angola. Uh, two things. Uh, I got to interrupt you on this. Sure. First of all, Warden Kane was my old warden. Uh, shout out Warden Kane, right? But the deal is, the prison system itself, the, the guards are... Uh, but not gonna call them guards, call them correctional officers. When I was there, you never had a full fucking chef. They, they, they didn't hire enough people, the pay was for shit. Um, and or people would call in sick or civil service employees, you can't fire them, you can't make them work. The, the, um, but they had an on, on call list, and you knew when you, you worked two on, two off, three on, two off, three. Three on two off. You knew on your days off, if you're on that call list, your ass was going to work. And, yeah. And, and it's the way it was. So, yeah, the first thing they cut is the fucking prisons. What are you going to cut? But nobody yeah. cares 
as long as some bitches aren't escaping and killing somebody. The prison cuts were taking place. Warden Kane came up with a, really a genius idea, and he did some math, and he figured out that 40 wolf dogs would cost about the same amount of money as one human guard in Angola, and they just didn't have enough money right. to pay enough guards to protect the prison. Right. Well, so it's not only – the or correctional, correctional officers. Not only the correctional officers are inside, y'all, the, like the bloody Angola emblem with the tower on it. Shit, those towers have to be manned 24 hours 7, right? And so you're paying somebody the uh, salary to sit up there, and they, they at, the, at the shift change, the guard, the, the officer in the tower lowers the key out the window to the outside door to the to the. CO waiting downstairs and they lock it and they climb the stairs to the trap door and you man a gun day or night. Look, fuck, they got a hundred towers. Yeah. And, and so that's, that's a very real deal, a very real expense. And he had two goals here. Number one, let me tell you something. You see a wolf dog, (laughs) you're intimidated and we're going to get into what they kind of look like and, and all of that in a second, but they're also used as a deterrent to escape uh, and you can imagine why the full-blooded wolf at the facility that was, was used to mate the most intimidating. And I talked to Kelly Jennings, who was a former guest of this show, who told me that she used to go to his kennel and watch him. She described him as very dark black color with these deep green eyes. And she said he wasn't friendly at all. He would drop his head down real low and look up, look up with his eyes when she would approach the kennel. Got this there. So yeah. look, she went to watch him, y'all. She went to look at him. She didn't go watch him breathe. Yeah. Kelly's not strained. <laughs> yeah, and she she said I used to sneak out and go over there. They didn't even know I was over there. She's like, because you know me, I love to play with dogs. And she oh goes over God. there, and she said that I'm, thing. My was, mind that, must be in the gutter. Today. That wolf was intimidating. Hey, you know what? The I've seen the the pictures of it. it really is and uh, intimidating. And I've actually. You know, um, seeing them on camera uh, uh, in Wisconsin and stuff like that. These things are huge, dude. Huge. Like 150 pounds. Yeah, uh, that's uh, that's bigger and than, tall. Uh, yeah, that's bigger than a deer, uh, yeah. an average deer over here. Yeah, they're, they're they're something that these inmates look at and they're like, you know, if I can get past the razor wire, if I can get past yeah. the guns and all these things, right. I still gotta get past these guys and right. I ain't getting right. past right. them. Right. And, and look, they are so purpose now. Hungry like the wolf or was it Duran Duran? <laughs> great song, by the way. <laughs> a great song. If you don't know it, I'm then you're probably too young. <laughs> but the the imagine you know that to escape like that, they're going to plan it and say they're walking around those yards every day on the exercise yeah. yard, and they're looking at the towers, they're figuring out who's weak, and they see the, all the rows of concertina wire, the razor wire, and they're thinking, mm, I can get that, get that, but then the wolf is staring back at them like, man, fuck that, yeah. I'll stay in here for the rest of my life. I'm good. Fa- I ain't faster than him. He's like, to rip my throat. Hey, I'm going to tell you something. A wolf ain't just going to bite you in the leg. They're going to fight to kill. Oh, yeah. Uh, they're very, they're vicious, y'all. They're, and, and now, if y'all, that's not being cruel. If they run, the the guard, the COs in the towers have permission. You're supposed to shoot to stop and then necessarily shoot to kill. But it's, hey, it's the same rules for the wolf dog. Yeah. Get that ass. That's right. And, and or that throat. <laughs> that throat, which is probably what they're going for. And right. I'll tell you, uh, an interesting little side story to that. They had a prior full blooded wolf at Angola that actually escaped 
prison. He actually escaped Angola. So when you say how many people have escaped, you got to put this wolf into that mix. He escaped and has never been seen again. And how he escaped is interesting. In 2008, Hurricane Guzdoff actually approached the prison. A tree fell across the fence of his enclosure. And then that full-blooded wolf named Shanka took off running, and they ain't never mind him. Now, listen, this might be urban legend, but I, I believe it's true. That, uh, that's where I'm from, y'all. It's up there, east and west Luciana. And the, where Angolia is, as the crow flies to the place I'm telling you about, isn't that far, probably 15 miles or whatever. But my buddy swears the years years later, I think it was like maybe six years later, they saw two of, of the alleged wolf dogs, like monsters, not coyotes, much bigger, uh, running down the side of Highway 67. Ooh. But, I mean, obviously, he, <laughs> got, out, he got out and bred somebody. Yeah. Know, the wolves yeah. still got to eat. Right? <laughs> the wolves got to eat. <laughs> like, <laughs> These wolves are intimidating. Long snouts, picture long snouts, pointed ears, close set eyes. The hybrids, as they call them, are in large kennels enclosed by cyclone fencing, and y'all, they pace back and forth. They have a cement basin for food and water and a cinder block hut for escaping the elements. Most of them, yellow eyes. Right, and when they pace back and forth, they're usually staring at something they're very aware and the pace back forth those yellow eyes looking at you that's why it must be why kj likes you to go down there <laughs> yeah <laughs> that reminds me of the christmas story with the guy with the yellow yeah, eyes yeah. yeah so uh tell them about chief all right so y'all chief is the most famous of all the wolf dogs in angola and then he he was also the tallest he was ivory colored wolf dog and it's absolutely beautiful and he lived with a family in a neighboring parish. Yeah, wolf dogs are smart, and, and Chief would, would escape a lot. The wolf dog escaped its home several times in a neighborhood and was aggressive, which forced neighbors to call the police. After a few occasions, the state took over the wolf dog, and a judge ordered it uh, ordered euthanized. Warren Kane happened to see the newspaper article about this and offered Chief a life sentence at Angola. Guard in the prison. True story, and he got sentenced to life. But he got sentenced life. to life, but saved his hey, life. That's death, right. Warden Kane commuted his death sentence, sentenced him to life, guard in the life, not lifers, but uh, yeah, lifers, most of them. And let me tell you, I, I googled Chief on uh, on the internet, and that it is dude. one of the most beautiful dogs. Right. It, y'all, it's Snow White. Yep. It's a wolf that is Snow White or hybrid, and absolutely beautiful dog. This is not. Like, picture a golden retriever, pretty large dog, okay? Yeah. This fucker's like twice that size, if not yeah. three times that size. It shows up in your neighborhood. Mm, yeah. That's yeah. Indeed. So what's life like inside the wire for a wolf dog? Well, every evening, an officer and some chosen inmates, they'll load 12 to 15 of these dogs into crates. These crates are mounted in the bed of a truck. And at each stop, the officer deposits several dogs who spend the night patrolling between these parallel perimeter fences. They start at 6.30 p.m., right when it starts getting dark, and they end at daybreak around 7.15 a.m. The only exception to this, y'all, was when Camp J was in existence in Angola. And we're going to tell the, the Camp J story one day, but Camp J housed prisoners in solitary confinement, and it was typically the worst convicts outside of death row. Yeah, I mean, that, that's where they sent the 
convicts who couldn't live with other convicts. It's not what they did to get into Angola. It's what, what they did in there. And to get sent to Camp J, you had to rape somebody, attack an officer, or fight with weapons, or get caught with dope. And they had four wolf dogs assigned to this area. And rather than only patrol at night, these wolf dogs patrolled 24-7 in 12-hour shifts all day and night. They just walk a perimeter. To uh, picture the perimeter of this, of Camp J, it contained rows of razor wire, and it was not uncommon, y'all, to find alligators tangled up in the razor wire as they would try to get to the wolf dogs. Yeah, that's crazy. I want y'all to be able to picture it in your mind because I can see it in mind. You have the camp, let's say Camp J, okay? Then then you'll have a little bit of a grassy area around there. Then you have your first fence, but at the bottom of that fence is the big roll of concertina wire. Concertina wire is fun almost like a slinky, and it's stretched out, but it has razor blades attached to it every couple of inches, and it runs like that. But they don't only run one row. Generally, on the inside of the fence like that, they'll have three rows. So you have two on the bottom, in case you try to get up over one, then you have the top one. You get that's it's been used in the military since World War One, right? Uh, um, you get caught into one, then it causes you to get caught in another razor blade, another razor blade. You're gonna bleed to death generally. Then you have that fence, and then 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 there'll be X amount of uh, say ten yards, and then there's another fence. Well, guess what's in between these two fences? more concertina wire plus more concertina wire on top. Now, I know on these runs where they put the dogs in between, the, they wouldn't have the concertina wire on the bottom of that part. But on the outside where the gators would come to, they still had concertina wire on top of those fences. So it's it's layer after layer of security, but the wolf dog is – I have to think it would be such a fucking visual deterrent. Seeing the wolf dog running back and forth, looking at yellow eyes. Oh, yeah. It would have to be. And I'm not running for that mother. What do they eat? People may want to wonder what you got to feed a wolf dog. And it would, it's probably just what you think it would be. Raw meat. Raw meat. Four pounds a day. Four pounds. That's that's a lot. Now, I tell you all how big these That's a family pack of are, right? ground beef <laughs> every you day. Gotta, you got you to have a family of eight, and they only, and they only eat four pounds of meat a day. That, uh, but they're, they're large animals. Yeah. And they like the meat, baby. They, and they, they don't want it cooked. They want, they want it raw, <laughs> just like they like their convicts. Yeah. <laughs> so many of the dogs in Angola, now this is, this is pretty interesting. They're not just the wolf dogs, but many of the dogs, they're loaned out to like local uh, jails, local departments throughout Louisiana if they have high-profile escapes or other high-profile needs. We've used them for uh, everywhere. The, the, uh, it would, sometimes it would depend on uh, Angola because they were a little bit further away that uh, if we get DCI's chase team in because they were closer. But eventually – the let's say we set up a perimeter for escapees when when uh, John Priest and Gerald Bordelon, Gerald Bordelon being the last person to put to death in, at Angola in 2012 or 13, but he escaped from Livings Parish Jail with a guy named uh, Priest, and Priest had committed murder on a guy and enticed him in on a fake homosexual relationship and then pulled all his teeth and set the body on fire. So these are two bad dudes. It was two worse than the prison. They escaped. On, I think it was a Saturday morning, and so we set up the perimeter. DCI teams gets their first helicopters, everything else come, but ultimately they called 
Angola. Because <laughs> that's all they do, y'all. The, the, the ones that aren't the wolf dogs, they let convicts or trustees run out in the field every day, and they they put them on the trail, and they chase yeah. them. So we, that's that's a very real deal. Um, when you bring these dogs in, you know what's on. Yeah, you know it's on. It's it, There's some bad shit going down now. Uh, we're going to give you all, you know, these are such amazing animals. As I told you in the beginning, my personal favorite uh, animal outside of the eagle uh, so we want to give you some facts about these wolf dogs that you may not know. I thought this would be kind of a little fun fact at the end of this episode. Uh, one of the facts is, as we discussed, one of the most intelligent animals on earth. Super, super smart. Think about Woody, how these, when wolf dogs attack, they attack not one-on-one. One of them comes from the left of you. One of them comes from the right of you. One of them comes from the front of you. And they actually communicate this to each other. People that study wolves, they will actually watch. And there's all kinds of signals outside of howling that wolves can give to communicate with each other. That blows my mind because they can't figure out how they know. But they know that you're going left, you're going right, Right. and I'm going straight. And we're going to get the pounce on this elephant or whatever it is. They also live in packs, as you know, of six to eight wolves, typically. They are very family-oriented animals. As as we told you earlier, they're monogamous. It's like being married with kids. Now, each pack, they're going to contain one alpha female and an alpha male. And they, they are the only ones that do the mating. For that whole pack. So you may ask, what happens if if they have a son and and the son decides he wants to mate? And that looks like fun. So, right? What does he do? Because he can't mate. Well, they have to leave their pack. Right. And they have to go out and they have to find an alpha female somewhere and they start their own pack. That's crazy. That's how you end up with all these different packs of wolves. That's just awesome to me, man. Yeah. Wolves can communicate, and they can strategize, as we just said. When they hunt, they do it by sneak attack. They also communicate. Everybody knows the howl, right? Right, right. So uh, they communicate that way. That's usually calling in your pack and their posture, just like Kelly Jennings said. When he's looking down and his eyes are pointed straight at her, that pretty much means don't come up to me. Or this fifth one here, I I get it. Good run and start at your ass. Yeah, that's right. Now, wolves can also live up to 13 years, mm-hmm. uh, but they typically only live six to eight years in the wild. Right. Believe it or not, due to starvation. Yeah. They just right. they have to eat four pounds of food a day. Yeah, that's a lot. They don't eat their own. And, and, and I know up north that all the, the farmers and stuff are really uh, weary of them. And, they, I mean, it's a, it's a big deal. But for the most part, they're kind of protected. Up there, I mean, yeah. they, it, it's you just can't shoot a motherfucking wolf that's on your property just to shoot them. You got to be get being attacked or some being able to prove that. Yeah, that's right. And and uh, as they should be, they're they're just amazing animals that uh, they they don't grow on trees. Like uh, their their situations, alligators is a good example here in South Louisiana that you you actually get paid to hunt and right. and kill and you you buy tags. Uh, and the reason for that is if, uh, if you go fishing in the Chafalaya Spillway right now, you're going to see about six million of right. them. You don't want to fall in that water. Right. And I mean that they so they they do that one month a year to help to control the population. But they also have alligator farms uh, around here. There's no wolf farms. They yeah, have no. alligator, except for Angola. Except uh, the half race. Yeah. The alligator farms here they have to release forever. One day I think everyone they 
breeding captivity after release one in the wild, and you could tell those because they cut those chips off their back. That's right. Tell. But the wolf, you know, the lone wolf. Uh, um, Great name for it. Right? For the one, that, the alpha male that mm-hmm. wants to go out and start his own family. Yep. Every dude's got to get his thing on. That's right. When, when it's time. But the to be able to hunt, like it's – uh, they used to do the buffalo, or they do cattle now and stuff, and to be able to separate and every each one knows what they're going to do. The wolf pack, yeah, right. Each one that's what they call the German submarines in World War Two. They, yep. they knew what they were going to do, communicate silently, and they kill. And they're actually known, y'all, as an apex predator, meaning they are at the very top of their food chain. Right. There's there's nobody trying to eat a wolf. Nobody trying to eat a wolf. Right. Isn't that yeah. something? Nobody's, what an animal. Nobody hunts the wolf. Nobody hunts the wolf. And no we got animals. We, we got a podcast with a wolf, right. and, and right. he's also an apex predator. Yeah. <laughs> Back in the day, for sure. Right? That's it. Uh, um, so those are those are some pretty cool uh, facts on on wolves and just an amazing animal. But really, the program, I hope we shed some light today, Woody, on the program that Angola has. Yeah, with that, that's the, so just amazing. amazing. And, and Burl Kane has always been a, um, ingenious with the ideas that he comes up with. So putting these wolf dogs in the perimeter, it all serves as a visual deterrent. Also serves as I'm, I'm gonna eat your ass if you come over that wire, and it also makes for a hell of a good story. For Boy, me. sure Boy, does. Angola, right? It sure does. But, you know, they didn't have that man, and I was like, "Fuck!" And the, the, the um, that's really they say that. Um, I think what you sent me, Jim, was the average salary is thirty two thousand a year for a correctional officer. Well, that's bullshit. They, well, they, they must yeah. be considering everybody's salary, including wardens, all the way down to a cadet. In average, in that because they they don't get paid a lot, y'all. Uh, but they are professionals. They're trained. They have to go to an academy and all that. But to be able to replace that off that officer who gets sick, that officer you got to pay him medical benefits. You got to give him time off. I mean, like vacation days, and he's going to be a civil service employee. Well, shit, to replace that, I think it's forty dogs. Yeah, 40, 40, 40 dogs for, for everyone. One. Should you could just? Wolf, I wish you get a wolf to. Do rounds on a tier. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And think about, think about this. You're going to see another man with a gun, and you're going to think, well, maybe I can get the jump right, on him. Right. Maybe I can outrun right, him. Right. Maybe, maybe I can gonna miss. Yeah. Maybe I can outfight him. Right, right. You're not thinking that about a wolf. There yeah. ain't nothing yeah. you can do yeah. to that wolf. That wolf is going to tear your you ass got up. Like 10 yards. If you get through the razor wire, you got t- and you don't get shot uh, uh, through, from the tower. You got 10 yards. You ain't going to outrun the wolf. Uh-uh. And, and, and he's probably weighs at least three quarters of what you weigh. Yeah. And you go to the ground, that he's mean. Gonna kill. Yeah. yeah, he's mean. I mean you ain't, wolves ain't, don't kill other animals by biting them on, on the rear leg, y'all. Mm-hmm. Ripping that throat out. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Like the windpipe. <laughs> <out. laughs> yeah. Like that. I've been bit. I had my fingers bit off. Uh, um, and my two dogs, are, they were fighting, and they and naturally they set them back on. I ain't never getting bit up by another dog. That, yeah. If I can hit by a wolf, fuck that. And doing it. Chase team members. Love y'all. And yes. we'll, uh, next week, we'll try to get a, a new updated list of Chase team members and read it out to y'all. And I really hope you're enjoying your bonus episodes. We're going to lay down a, another great one next week. And y'all, I personally, I, um, I think the Chase team episodes that are locked up are the best ones that we've done. 
Look, we get it. If you can't be a Chase team member, we understand it. We get it. We love you yeah. anyway. Right, right, and right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. No yeah. doubt. No doubt. Hey, look, fuck, it's tough times, man. Jim and I are going to go to Angola, and we're going to shoot the shit out of everything. And, <laughs> and you'll get all the stuff that um, we talk about and then a lot more. And we just appreciate y'all. It helps us. You help us grow. Uh, but all of you our listeners, thank you, and please continue to like and share. And if you could rate, leave, us. rate us, leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast. It just helps us grow, y'all. Last week, I put in there the actual original letter right. that Archie Williams right. wrote right. to Barry Sheck on the. Uh, and if you listen to that episode, y'all, we have gotten such positive right. feedback right. out of that. Right. So if you haven't heard that yet, go back and listen to the Archie Williams. Uh, two-part series. It yeah. was just amazing. So we do put special things in there for the just for the chase team, right? Members. And you know, we we're concluding season two. Yes, that blows my mind because it seems like you and I've been podcasting together forever. I know. Yeah. I love um, it. So yeah, we want to thank everybody. Huge, huge shout out. Thank you for doing what, what we just asked you to do, liking and sharing, and because uh, it's huge now. We were concluding season two, and we absolutely want to thank our sponsors, uh, Performance Tire. Ben Morse. Ben Morse, great guy. Team. I get all my tires. I'm, that's not bullshit. That's the truth. Uh, I've got eight tires from them this year. Great people. They take care of you. Honest. I'm not going to get screwed over, right? Yeah. Uh, they're not going to you, you know, come in and get an oil change and be like, oh, you need this and you need that, whatever. Uh, ben and them don't do that. There's a reason that they are, they're so successful. Go see them right here in Denham Springs. 100%. And, of course, Sandra Richard, the Sandra Richard of Dirt, Grit, Stupid Shit, Adventures in Real Estate Podcast. If you hadn't heard it, go check it out. It, she, whether you're into real estate right, or not. Right, 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 right. Because she she is the quite the character. Yeah. Uh, she's a love. The She's also you know very, very active locally. Uh, um does all DJ kinds of and, community and, and everything else events. You, yeah. you and I have been on stage. Oh yeah. At, we threw, uh, we threw at the, t-shirts uh, right at, at, uh, at the, uh, Casa Maria. Casa Maria. Yeah. 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 And, but son, so Sandra is, is a class act and you can trust her period. So, right. but let me tell you about, um, Flourish hormone, hormone replacement, y'all right here in Denham Springs. They're actually in four States. Um, but the doctor Miranda uh, super, super cool. She's, I mean, she believes in her patients. She takes the time to get everything straight. I am a customer. The um, I keep losing weight, y'all, and not because I'm taking weight loss shots or whatever, but because she finally got my all my my two thyroid diseases fixed, and now I don't know what I'm gonna do, Jimmy, because I had to keep buying new clothes. But we're going through the, but they do every they do everything. She actually takes the time. Um, and I just had my blood work done again yesterday, but she takes the time she monitors and she really cares, but all of those ladies over there are great, but they do a lot of things. They do have weight loss stuff. Uh, um, and then my wife is doing the shots and she's down over 50 pounds, Oh yeah, but it's healthy yeah. stuff. It's not like. The old, the old scam stuff. That's right. But they do like massages and do all kinds of things. And look, y'all, if you're curious 
uh, I didn't, I didn't even plan on doing this, but we need to do this. And, uh, they have their own podcast. It's called positively flourishing with Miranda and Cindy, uh, Overton. And we would invite y'all to go listen to that. If you're female or if you're male, it doesn't matter if you're a human being who breathes oxygen, go check that out and, uh, and listen to it. Totally hadn't, uh, planned on mentioning it, but that that's my wife, y'all, uh, Cindy Overton and, and Dr. Miranda are doing it and i'll be honest with you i listened to the first episode yesterday when i was driving back certainly interesting uh, uh but you know podcasting takes all types and i think that was more of an introductory episode so go, go give them a check out and like them and share them yeah shout and out then, listen we got some changes coming the um things are in work and jim's got a call today at one o'clock to finalize some stuff and the but if you are interested in sponsoring bloody angola then you can contact Mike Agravino at Mike Agravino A G O V I N O seventeen at gmail.com. He's working with Bloody Angola and Real Life Real Crime and our new show that's coming up, Real Life Real Crime Daily, which Jim Chapman and I will be <sighs> co hosting and it's gonna be fire a couple hey, days a week. It is gonna y'all are gonna love it. I can't wait to tell you the format on this one it's just amazing so a lot of things coming up for us and look it's because all of you listen that's it wouldn't I, have it period. without y'all. It's like when people come up and say, hey, are you Woody Everton? I'm like, yep, can I take a picture with you? I'm like, hell yeah. Yeah. And you know why? Because I, I tell them, and I mean the same thing about Bloody Angola. If you didn't listen, we wouldn't be sitting here laying out facts and everything from the Wolf Dog to Brent Miller. Damn right. right. And, and so concluding two seasons, it's huge. That's over 20 episodes plus the uh, chasing episodes. episodes yeah. And, 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 I just can't be, believe it's gone by that fast. We've been so blessed. We thank you all so much. And I do want to mention, Woody, before we get out of here, that Sporting Center, located in Denham Springs, Louisiana, is sponsoring the Bloody Angola Live that we're doing at Southeastern Livingston in Walker, Louisiana, on January 13th and 14th. And just wanted to shout them out. They do all kinds of things. They do everything from monogramming. They, of course, have school uniforms. But they also do a ton of swag and promotional stuff. So if you have a business, you need T-shirts, you need hats, you need really anything done. They even got a laser uh, engraver there that can engrave your logo into Yeti cups and all kinds of different things. They even uh, engrave into leather so give them a call at Sporting Center in Denham Springs, Louisiana, if you're in need of any of that. And we sure thank them for sponsoring Bloody Angola Live. Now, I've said this since the beginning. Bloody Angola will always be different. You've got a couple of feel-good stories recently with Billy Cannon and Archie's. And you know what? The, um, Historic the, the, stuff. The wolf dog. Yeah, is, the wolf dog is a story that needs to be told. But you know what? We're going to have some real bad MFers coming up. Yes. But, but we're not making it up. That's right. It's bloody Angola. Thank you very much. And until next time, I'm Jim Chapman. And I'm Woody Overton. Your host of Bloody Angola. A podcast 142 years in the making. The complete story of America's bloodiest prison. Peace.
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.